It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Hosts of Eden, written and performed by Jay McFarland. Episode 6, A Different Direction. So last time on Hosts of Eden, Marion and the president actually convinced Walter Payne that Johnny is the real president and that the person in the White House is an imposter. But before they can do anything about it, Walter's home is attacked killing Walter and forcing the president and Marion to find an escape route. Fortunately, Mason comes to the rescue and leads them in a high-speed chase through the neighborhood. Then, after some type of crash, Marion loses consciousness. Marion slowly starts to regain consciousness. Her vision is blurred. Her entire body aches. She slowly opens her eyes and realizes she has no idea where she's at. She's laying down, looking upward. She sees a kind of metal corrugated roof bending upwards above her. She slowly tries to get up, but almost every muscle in her body aches. She finally manages just to sit up. She's on some type of cot with a mattress on it. And everywhere she looks, she sees junk and boxes and garbage. There's dust on everything. She hears some noises and looks and sees that there's a door open into another room. She hears some type of talking or something. So she yells out, Hello? Mason, is that you? Ronald? Mr. President? But nobody answers. But she's still hearing voices. She doesn't know if it's a TV or a radio. She manages to make it to her feet, grabbing her back and also feeling towards a gash on her forehead. But she notices that there's a bandage. Somebody has given her some medical attention. Hello, she says. Who's out there? Anybody? Slowly, she works her way into the other room. This room is much larger. She realizes she's in some type of garage or barracks. There's a kitchen, which is messy, dishes everywhere, boxes, car parts, supplies. There's an old beat-up early Ford Bronco. And also, next to it, is the Corvette that they took from Walter's house. It's almost completely destroyed. She hears the voices again and looks around the corner. 
there, she sees Johnny sitting on the floor at a small table. Johnny, she says. There's no response. He's writing with crayons on a piece of paper and is humming a song. Shelby, she says. Shelby looks up at Marion but says nothing. She just keeps singing and drawing. Shelby, Marion says. Where are we? What happened? Johnny Shelby just keeps singing and drawing. Marion starts to feel lightheaded again. She sits down on the couch next to Shelby. She slowly loses consciousness again. Shelby doesn't even notice. She just keeps singing and drawing. Marion feels herself waking up again. She feels something wet against her forehead. Surprise, she sits up quickly, which causes her a good amount of pain. She opens her eyes and she sees Johnny. Hey, 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 Johnny Mason says. Slow down there. Take it easy. Marion responds, what happened? Where are we? Johnny Mason says, just just slow down there. Everything's okay. How did we get here anyway? Who are those people following us? Why were they trying to kill us? Where are we? Johnny Mason tells her to calm down again, and he slowly starts to tell her in detail what happened. Well, he says, first of all, if Walter had any other car, we probably wouldn't have made it out. We just outran them. I don't know who they are, but I know they're professionals. How could anyone know who we are or where we were or what we're doing? Johnny Mason says, all I can think of is they must have been watching Walter. Where are we, Marion says. What, what is this place? Johnny Mason kind of chuckles. This is my uncle's old place. He was one of those doomsday preppers, but he died before the apocalypse. So he left the place to me. And when I, you know, when I died, I guess no one else knew about it. I just took a chance that it was still here. Marion just sits and stares at Mason. He asks her what she's staring at. She says, I'm just confused, that's all. All those years that I spent working with Johnny and with you and with Shelby, you were always kind of in a fog, Now it's as if you're a completely different person. I mean, you walk different. You talk different. What happened? I'm not really sure, Johnny Mason says. I I just think it's because we're not fighting each other anymore. You know, to get out. Well, except Shelby, anyway. Once we recognized the others and started working together, it's allowed us to be more of ourselves. Almost completely. Almost like waking up after a long sleep. It may also have something to do with the arrival of the president, or both. I mean, who can know for sure? What's it like, you know, inside there? Inside Johnny's mind, Marion says. It's hard to describe, Johnny Mason responds. It's like when you're asleep, but you know you're dreaming. You can't control anything. The others are there, but you can't really speak. It's like we're sharing our thoughts. Mason then changes the subject. When you looked us up, doctor, to find out if we were real people, 
What did you find out about my fiance, Melissa? I've been dying to know if she's okay and what happened to her. Marion, hesitating because she doesn't want to disappoint Johnny Mason, responds, Well, from what I read, it was very hard on her. She started a foundation in your honor and pretty much just buried herself in it, invested all of her time and energy into that. Mason says, And what else? And, Marion says, She finally remarried last year. She seems really happy, Mason. Mason sighs in relief. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. Marion is surprised. I thought you'd be angry or sad or something. Not at all, Mason says. Obviously, I can't go back to her. That would just freak her out. I just need to know that she's okay. Marion nods in understanding. So what do we do now, she says. Mason shakes his head and says, I really honestly have no idea. And things have gotten worse, not better. What do you mean, gotten worse, Marion says. Well, I've been listening to the police scanner and they are looking for us everywhere. They say that you were kidnapped and forced to attack and kill Walter Payne. Oh my goodness, Marion says. How are we going to... I mean, it wasn't... What? How? She just starts to break into tears. Johnny Mason grabs her and hugs her and tries to comfort her. Look, he says, we'll figure it out. I promise. We'll figure this out. Figure it out, Marion says. We are wanted by every law enforcement officer on the planet. And our only hope is to somehow convince the world... That the man in the White House is actually some crazed maniac trying to start World War III. Mason would like to tell her she's wrong, but he can't. The two sit there quietly searching for answers. Johnny Mason says, listen, you can go back to your life. They think you were kidnapped. Marion shakes her head. Even if that's the case, what about World War III? And what are you going to do? Mason responds, Honestly, there's only one thing I can do. I'm going to take down the president. It really shouldn't be that hard. We have all of the secret intel we need from the real president. He can give us schedules, security details, everything we need. Marion says, You'll be killed. You'll be put in jail. Johnny Mason responds, We're already dead, Marion. Our lives are gone forever. There's no getting that back. We might as well try and do some good before we go out. And you all agree on that? Marianne asks. Well, everyone but Shelby, she just wants to play with her doll. Marianne tries to convince him otherwise. Don't you see how insane this is? You can't do anything without the risk of Shelby coming out. This is suicide. Mason responds, no, no, we have a plan for that. We just have to get her so tired that she sleeps for hours. Then we can move. It's our only chance. Let me come with you, Marion says, until it's done. Someone has got to take care of Shelby. You know you can't just have her running around. Mason thinks for a minute. 
He really doesn't want to put Marion in any more danger. Marion says, I want to talk to the president. Just to cover every detail, you know, please go and get him. Mason shrugs as if it's not going to do any good. He closes his eyes and then goes into a trance. Johnny President breathes out and says, thank you. You don't know what it's like in there. It's like being trapped underwater and not being able to breathe. Marion interrupts. Mason wants to assassinate the president, the imposter, that guy in the White House. There has to be another way. I know, I know, Johnny President responds. But we don't have any other choice, Marion. He has to be stopped. Marion responds, but what about your wife and your children? Your life, everything you've built, you're just going to throw that away? I didn't throw it away, Johnny President says. It was taken. We don't know how. We don't know why. But we certainly don't know how to put me back in there. As much as it stinks, Marion, that life is gone. Now the only thing that matters is that that lunatic is stopped. This is as far as you go, Marion. Can we just wait a minute and think about this? She replies. She looks in it and she feels as if Johnny is ignoring her. Johnny President notices some drawings on the table and picks them up. Who did these, he says. What are these? Marion responds, it was Shelby. She's always drawing something like that or the other. I've seen these before, he says, recently. On the paper that he's holding is a triangle. And inside the triangle is what looks like an eye. But it was drawn by Shelby, so who really knows? And then there seems to be some type of wavelengths or light beams emanating from the center. Of course you've seen it, Marion says. It's on the back of every dollar bill. You know, it's the pyramid with the all-seeing eye. No, it's not that, Johnny President says. I, I mean, it is that, but what I saw is different. It, it was suspended in the air, and the rays were shooting out of the sides like lasers. It was almost like the whole thing was made of flames or energy. Well, don't ask me, Marion says. I've never seen anything like that before. Johnny President paces back and forth, trying to remember where he saw this image. He feels it has some significance. And suddenly, he remembers. Wait a minute, wait a minute, he says. I know where I've seen this. When I come in and out, you know, when I transfer in and out of Johnny. Slow down, Marion says. What are you talking about? Just before we change... I see this image only bigger, like I said, and then and then I get sucked into it, and then I wake up here. This has to mean something, Marion. We have to find out more about this symbol. <laughs> well, why not, Marion says. It's a lot better idea than assassinating the president. She gets her laptop out of her bag, connects to the internet using her pay-as-you-go phone, and starts searching for the history of the all-seeing eye on the dollar bill. After searching multiple stories, they can't seem to find any connection. Marion starts to give up hope, and so does Johnny President. 
then she sees a strange link in the search engine. It says, ancient cult was able to transfer souls between bodies. What's this? She says as she clicks on the link. It links to a YouTube video. In it, there's a man named Andrew Scott. And he's talking way too close to the camera. He says, this symbol, the eye on top of the pyramid, it has been found in ancient hieroglyphics. Marion holds up the symbol that was drawn by Shelby, and it looks a lot like the symbols seen in the ancient hieroglyphics. Andrew Scott goes on, Recent translations of these hieroglyphics seem to indicate that this ancient people at least believe that they could transfer souls from one body to the next, and that there was some type of device that allows them to see all of the souls and make these transfers. Johnny President and Marion look at each other with a very stunned look on their faces. Andrew Scott goes on, Now I believe that this device has been found and that someone is using it to control the world's leadership and to implement the new world order. Suddenly in the video, Andrew hears a noise behind him and he says, Oh no, I have to go. And then the video turns off. Marion looks at Johnny President. We have to go and see him. We have to find out what he knows. This could be the break that we're looking for. Johnny President shakes his head. Marion, we don't have time. We can't go on any more wild goose chases. I'm sorry. If we don't take out the imposter now, we may lose our chance. Marion is very frustrated and she looks online to find out where Andrew Scott lives. She finds out that he owns a comic book store just a few hours away from them. Look, she says, he only lives a few hours from here. We have to try. We need to get you back into the White House. We have to do it for this country, for your wife, for your children. Please. Johnny President thinks about it for a minute, and then he agrees. Okay, okay, you're right. It's at least worth looking into. But this is the last thing we're going to look into, Marion. After this, we have to give up on everything that we have known and just do the right thing. Thank you, Marion says. I just know this can't be a coincidence. There has to be an answer here. Maybe this guy can send us in the right direction. Marion hugs Johnny President for agreeing to this one last adventure. The two start to make preparations to leave. Marion tells Johnny President to go and get Mason. He'll know what they need to take. Upon Mason's appearance, he tells Marion which supplies to grab. They put everything into that early Ford Bronco. She's surprised to find out that it still runs. Mason grabs a couple of pistols from a drawer. Marion has a worried look on her face, but she seems to understand why the weapons might be necessary. Wait a minute, Marion says. What are we going to do about Shelby? We can't have her appearing while we're talking to this guy. Well, Johnny Mason says, I kind of have an idea about that. I think we should take her to a playground. Take her to a playground and let her run and play until she is absolutely exhausted. That ought to keep her quiet for a while. Marion thinks about it for a minute and says, Sure, why not? It's just about as crazy a plan as anything else we've done so far. 
a few minutes later, Marion is sitting on a park bench with a very embarrassed look on her face. She's sitting next to another mom. You can hear Johnny Shelby yelling and laughing in the background. I said no tag backs, she says. A random little girl responds, no you didn't, I tagged you, you're it. As you can imagine, this really is quite a scene. A 47-year-old man on a playground running and laughing with the other kids like he's one of them. Johnny Shelby yells in Marion's direction, she's not playing fair. Marion responds, why don't you just take turns making up the rules, she says. Make a game out of it. Okay, Shelby says. The woman sitting on the bench next to her is unsure what's going on, and she asks Marion, is he, you know, is he safe? Oh yeah, Marion says. Don't worry about it. He's harmless. Shelby comes running up to Marion. I want my dolly. Marion reaches into her bag and pulls out the doll. She also pulls out a bottle of water and tells Shelby to drink. Shelby refuses. She just wants to get back to the playground. Marion demands, Shelby, it's hot out. You have to drink lots of water. I don't want to, Johnny Shelby responds. Shelby, now, Marion says. Okay, okay. Johnny Shelby takes the smallest sip and runs back to the other kids on the playground yelling, Hey, look, look at my dolly. Shelby is so happy on the playground. Truly, she hasn't been on a playground for years. Marion keeps thinking that Shelby is going to get tired soon, but she shows no sign of stopping. About 20 minutes later, the other children and the parents have left. Marion is on her laptop now, watching more videos posted by this Andrew Scott. You know, the one who had posted the conspiracy theories about the ancient hieroglyphics. Then Johnny Shelby yells in her direction, Come and push me! Marion doesn't respond. Come and push me! Shelby demands. Marion looks up for a moment, then goes back to her laptop. Come and push me! Johnny Shelby starts to cry. I'm busy, Marion says. Just pump your legs. Come and push me right now, Johnny Shelby demands. Marion closes her laptop. Worried that Shelby's making a scene, she goes over and starts to push Johnny Shelby on the swing. It's not easy. Higher, higher, Johnny Shelby demands. I'm trying, Marion says. Marion is getting tired because Johnny Shelby is a 47-year-old man. Higher, higher, Johnny Shelby demands. A passerby on the bike stops to take in this amazing sight. Marion looks at the passerby and yells at him, You got a problem? <laughs> the individual gets on their bike and rides away. Marion tells Shelby, I have to stop. I'm tired. Please, just a little bit longer, Johnny Shelby says. Marion agrees. She pushes Johnny Shelby a few more times, then goes back to the bench and her laptop. Again, waiting for Shelby to get tired, and it just doesn't seem to happen. About a half an hour later, as Marion is still on her laptop, Shelby comes up. I have to go potty, Johnny Shelby says. 
She's dancing around doing the potty dance. Marion, barely responding or looking up, says, The bathroom's right over there. You have to take me, Johnny Shelby says. I'm not going to take you, Marion responds. Hurry, you have to take me, Shelby says. Marion closes her laptop and walks Shelby to the bathroom. Marion points to the boys' bathroom and says, There you go. That's the boys, Johnny Shelby says. Marion, knowing that a grown man can't go into the girls' bathroom, says, Shelby, the other one is broken. You have to go in the boys'. Shelby is really doing the potty dance now. I can't go in the boys. Don't make me. Frustrated and realizing she's not going to win this battle, Marion calls into the girl's bathroom to see if anyone is there. Fortunately, no one responds. She sends Johnny Shelby in and stands guard. By the time she comes out, Marion has simply had enough of the playground. Hey, Shelby, she says. Want some ice cream? Ice cream! Ice cream! Several hours later, we find Johnny and Marion in a car parked outside of the comic book store. This is the store owned by Andrew Scott, the conspiracy theorist. Wake up, wake up, Marion says to Johnny. Johnny Mason slowly opens his eyes. He notices immediately that he's covered in bubblegum ice cream. Marion grabs some wipes, which he had purchased knowing this was going to happen, and starts wiping Mason's face. Mason grabs the wipes and says he can do it. I'm sorry, Marion says. I've been playing mom for the last few hours. Mason looks around. Where are we? Marion points across the street. That's the comic book store. That's where Andrew is. Mason says, so we're just going to walk in there. Tell him that we've been body snatched and he's going to tell us how to fix it. Yep, Marion says, that's the plan. Johnny Mason says, well, what are we waiting for? The two get out of the car and start heading to the comic book store. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com.